everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Opera After Dark. Bam! Was that was that your Spider-Man? Yeah. My Spider-Man. My Spider-Man. It was the the gesture. The gesture is very Spider-Man-esque. Or at least Elspeth's Spider-Man. It is exactly Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man. <laughs> I'd be a great Spider-Man. Excuse yes. Me. Well, today's episode is not about Spider-Man, is it? Sadly, there is no Spider-Man opera yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. It would do well. Marvel as an has opera. not explored Asterisk. the world of classical music, Asterisk. but it's only Spider-Man. 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 They insert a, a like what do they call that? The the, the trapeze uh, set onto the Met stage. Yes, <laughs> I think Spider-Man would be a very exciting Highwire opera. Metropolitan opera. Yes. So think everybody about listening think about out it, there. Highwire? I don't know. Everybody listening may notice a collection of four voices. So <gasps> four voices. Your regular hosts of Opera After Dark are here, uh, myself, Kyle, as well as Elspeth, Naomi, and Hi. today Hi. we are joined by the lovely Laura Strickling, Yay! whom was with us for our What Are We Excited For This Season episode. She was, and Laura is here today because she is honestly the only person in the world... <laughs> that has sung the opera <laughs> that we are going to talk about today. <laughs> so I feel like she has insight that we do not to this piece. Um, and I think we should just sort of like jump right into yes. it. Um, and, and we are not exaggerating. Like, like literally the only person. Can this we... opera is, is not performed. And I will give a big asterisk to the, the term performed because I performed it for about four four people in rando but hey that's more people in the audience than on the stage right and we count that as a win correct because it's a three-person opera we count that as a win if there's more people in the audience than on the stage it's a win can i ask where where you performed it laura I am going to withhold that information. Oh, oh shit. Um, because I may say things that are not that are less than flattering. Okay. Let's just say somewhere in the northeast. <laughs> in the northeast corridor. Oh yes. <laughs> northeast corridor opera. They they have some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. They do a lot of interesting things. Um, so this opera is is someone gonna pronounce it because I'm gonna fuck I'll say it up. It. It's Dinora. Dinora by Giacomo Meyerbeer. Um, so. And Naomi, thank God, is going to give us a little background information about Meyerbeer himself. And then Laura, God bless her, is going to give us a little information about the opera itself, which makes no sense. And hopefully she could unravel it for us because she actually was in it. But Naomi, right. why don't you start? Wait, okay, you mean so you, you don't want me to give all of the historical context and information? Or Kyle, you can do it. I do, it. in fact, want that. Jump in wherever you feel comfortable. Kyle, I you... did the opera, and I'd still like to know that. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, you go for whatever you know what? You want, I'll just I'll sit this one. You. I'll sit this one out as far as giving oh, no. the. You know, I'm just always explaining like, so much to you no, guys. Kyle, people. Yeah, exactly. People like you, so you should talk more. Are you likable? He's a likable person. I don't know. If if I talk more about this opera that I know nothing about, people might not <laughs> like me anymore. So. But, you know, people don't know about this opera. <laughs> no one knows so about this opera. So it doesn't matter. Okay. I was in it, and I don't know about this opera. In yeah. any case, I'm sorry I interrupted. Naomi, please. It's okay. It's please okay. drop some knowledge on us. Okay, so <sighs> Meyer Beer. Like a Hamilton. <laughs> 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 Hello. 
Everything comes back to him. Okay. Firebeer. Oh, Giacomo Firebeer. Giacomo Firebeer was born in Germany. Mm. Okay, and so he was born to a German-Jewish family. Right, so he was pretty, like, he was a practicing Jew his entire life, He right? was, and he mm. was actually very devout. And so this was a very strong characteristic of his personality, and right. because of this, he did endure quite a bit of persecution throughout his life and after his life. What are his dates? His dates are 1791 to 1864. So to put this into context, okay. like right around the time that Mozart dies, Meyerbeer is born, hmm. and then he lives into like the second half of the 1800s. So, and also to put into context, he's like a little bit earlier than Wagner. He's a generation before mm -hmm. Wagner, but he did mm -hmm. overlap in time with Wagner. And so this is actually pretty important because... That's so crazy to think about Mozart and Wagner being that close in the time. Yeah, they weren't you know? actually that far away from yeah, each other. Yeah, it's so nuts because they're so radically different. Yeah, because actually Mozart's, like a cousin of Mozart's wife mm -hmm. is Karl Maria von Weber, Right. right. And he was a composer himself. He was a composer himself, wrote Der Freischutz, a bunch of other stuff, very important, and was hugely influ influential on Wagner. And mm -hmm. so they're like only like one step removed from each other. But so nuts. Anyway. So, so. Do, does Meyerberry get classified? Like, is is he not yet romantic? Is he bel canto? Or is he like no, vaguely he's romantic, in the middle? Right? He's, he's definitely romantic. Yeah. And he's considered yeah. like a pivotal figure in French grand opera. Yes, right. that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Then. So there was always like ballet, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. And so he, even though he was born in Germany and he got a lot of his training in Germany, he had a lot of his successes in Paris at the opera. And he's considered like the person who was able to successfully merge like the German romantic style of orchestralish music with the Italian style of singing in the bel canto that was really popular. And so you bring these two things together and then you pair that with like massive budgets at the Palais Garnier and the, the big opera houses in Paris at that time. And then right. suddenly you have this like over the top fantastical operatic production style. And that's what French Grand Opera is. And Meyerbeer is like the cornerstone of French Grand Opera. And it was super, super popular. In his time period, Wagner would have seen or been exposed to Meyerbeer's music. He was very young at the time, but Meyerbeer was actually pretty instrumental in getting Wagner's first opera, Rienzi, which nobody ever does anymore, <laughs> like to the stage. Yeah. Because so my opera ones? It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, I only know the one aria from it. And yeah, it, and it's not at all really evocative of his later style. Right. It's, it's you know kind of an anomaly in his output. But it was his first try at opera, and I suppose we'll give him one. Right. <laughs> and so don't and get Elspeth really started. Sad. Don't get Elspeth <laughs> started. It's a really sad story because Meyerbeer really recognized Wagner's talent early on and was instrumental in getting Rienzi staged. But then yep. later on in life, in later on in Wagner's life, because he was so anti-Semitic, he like lashed out at Meyerbeer. No and like threw Meyerbeer under the bus. What? And so but the crazy because Meyerbeer was a very devout practicing Jew. Yeah, so. but the crazy thing is, and correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of Meyerbeer's music was actually, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Appropriated? Appropriated, thank you, by the Nazis. 
I think that's Second World War. I think that's true. I don't know a ton about the history Sorry, which war? of that. Second World War. I thought you said the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Second. Like, Second. Uh... As a woman who was raised in the South, I am very familiar with the war against uh, the war of Northern aggression. But um, you're pretty sure there were no Germans. I'm talking about the Second World War, which is much later. Um, but yeah, if you um, if you ever talk to anybody that was raised in the Deep South, our textbooks refer to the Civil War as the War of Northern Aggression, mm-hmm. and they really talk about how it was all about cotton and economic trade and less about you know, the whole slavery thing. I grew up in the North, and they still talk thing. about that. So, yeah, you know, I grew up in Canada, and we learned about that. What the War of Northern Canada? Aggression. Well, we learned about, like, the Civil War. <laughs> I didn't know it was called that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wish I saw the, my uh, secondary textbook. Right. That would be nice to have. So mm-hmm. I just experienced in Vietnam, uh, whilst mm-hmm. I was there on my honeymoon, right. that obviously the Vietnamese don't refer to the Vietnam War as the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. It's, it's either the American War, the War Against American Imperialism, or the war for Southern liberation. All of huh. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's actually kind of weird though, because their museums are all um, well, they're state run, and some of the information that's in them is a little bit fishy. Well, <laughs> I mean, is it or is it? I mean, I know. Yeah, right. no, yeah. that's true. Is there, so yeah, that's true. That's and that's the true. who's writing the history, right? Yeah, that's that's very <laughs> true. And the whole time. Um, you like are constantly questioning like well is my government telling me complete lies good question Mm. but actually as as i am off to do i trusted wikipedia (laughs) to be i did it's not a good idea to to be somewhat uh somewhat neutral actually it was sure they should be i mean or that they are in that in that regard, I felt like it was equally condemning of both sides, which is kind of what I was. I don't know. It was a better right. perspective than just one person's right and one person's wrong. Well, I mean, speaking of Wikipedia, to get back to Meyerbeer, apparently, his <laughs> his operas were suppressed by Nazi Germany, even though they were super popular at that time. So I'm huh. I don't know a whole lot about that history, but I'm guessing it was like a conflict of. The German people really loved his operas, and right. Nazi Germany was trying to suppress them. Because he could, was a, a, a practicing he Jew. He was very devout practicing yeah. Jew. And so I, there's probably a lot more to that story. But the idea or the general history of Meyerbeer is that because of this suppression and all of the conflict that he got into with Wagner, because apparently they got into kind of like publicly you know, nasty mm-hmm. criticism. Although, apparently, Meyerbeer never, ever defended himself against those who lashed out against him. Huh. But people like Wagner did later in life. And mm. so... but well, then Wagner did, was a dick. Yeah. Well, I mean, he also had <laughs> other people in his corner, like Hector Berlioz, whom we all know and love as being... Oh, Berlioz loved Meyerbeer. Uh, yeah, Berlioz, you know, Berlioz loved Berlioz, if anyone listened to the podcast in earlier episodes, that crazy pants almost murder. Yeah. Episode three. Episode Season three. One. Hey, that. that's the guy that yeah. you want to have on your side. Right? You so, want the almost I mean, murderer to be you. on I guess. your side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So Meyerbeer was incredibly popular for operas like La Fracan and then mm-hmm. the Robert de Diable. Uh, Les Huguenots. Right? Les Huguenots. The only opera of one. his that I know. And yeah. also part of his popularity was also paired with like this over the top 
production style too at the Grand Opera, which mm. was like they were pioneering different technical effects in theater production, like with light and scenic design and that type of thing is all bound up in that particular era. Although I can say that in no record or biography of Meyerbeer is Dinora uh, cited as a major triumph what? of Meyerbeer. I am shocked by that. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's our opera of choice for today. So just generally... Because what in God's name is going on. Right. Um, Meyerbeer basically did not write anything other than opera. He wrote a couple of songs. Right. But, but nobody really knows them. No one really knows yeah. them. And all of his fame is pinned on the theatrical stage works that right. he wrote. These so. huge, grand yeah. operas that he wrote with ballets and all that stuff. Yes. So, so, so does Denora have a ballet in it? Laura, no, only I, expert in the world. The production, the production I did did not. <laughs> the, the anything besides the three main characters or the chorus. So I feel like they didn't have a budget for ballet. Right. So why don't we just dive right in? And Laura, we're like depending on you. Can you give us a vague approximation of the actual plot? Can anyone? Um, I feel like you might be the only person that can. I, I remember, so here's the deal. So I did this opera probably 10, 8 years ago. Okay. Um, and it was with this very small company. and um, Northeastern I, Corridor uh, Opera. But Northeastern <laughs> Corridor Opera. Exactly. And you Kyle, know, you should start that. I, I will. <laughs> Look but out. I, I, I take, Look out, I folks. Take, I take what I do really seriously. And I... Um, and I had a really hard time finding a score. My mother-in-law is a professor at the University of Chicago. She, I, she can get any score from any library, basically in the world, through the University of Chicago library mm-hmm. that she has access to. And I had her on the hunt for this, and no one had it. And I, and I the don't company even, did not provide it for you. The company did not, did not provide it for mm, me. Cool. Um, <laughs> you know, small Sweet. Company. Um, and I, I found it and I, I, and I'm looking at this and like memories are coming back because I pulled the score out of my, off my shelf and I found it online and I want to, this is before IMSLP was a thing, Mm -hmm, right? but I want to say it was on a site like that, that I found it eventually. And I printed this out and it, and you guys can see it's enormous, um, like front to back copy of, um, of the score that I printed out offline. You said only three characters. There's Well, there's three main characters. There's three um, characters who have basically an aria each, and then there's a chorus. Uh-huh. Um, but it's basically a three-person opera. Uh, but no mezzos. There's no mezzos. It's bullshit. It's, it's a tenor, a bass, and a, and a soprano. It's a bullshit opera. It's a bullshit opera. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, it's, it's, it, but for having three characters, three main characters, and, and like barely any storyline, it has three <laughs> acts. And, um, yeah, tell us, and, about, tell us about the plot of this opera. And again, it's just so long. And yeah. I'm like, nothing happens. Why is the score? Like, like nothing happens, but a lot happens. But a lot happens. You've got, like, yeah. a mad scene. Well, it starts this, with, a ma- right? like, with a mad yeah. scene scenario, does it not? It it does, indeed. So, well, no, no, no. So, basically, the opera uh, the opera opens on Dinora, who's been left at the altar by Right, but we don't Noel. see that. And we don't see that part, but we we open on her being crazy, basically, and she's because she's been left at the altar. She's been left at the altar. Oh, so it starts out she's nuts. Yeah, she starts as as every good opera does. The woman has gone crazy because a man left her. Right. And, right. Okay. Cool, you know, cool. obviously that's what you do when a cool, man cool. leaves you is you go crazy. Cool, cool. cool and cool. Um, there's there's a chorus before that, but the first time we see Janora uh, in see uh, Act Act One, Scene Three, um, she enters, <laughs> and 
there's always this goat. She's always like hanging out with Aww. a goat. Um, <laughs> I love a good goat. Like, in she, I'm looking at the reason I mentioned the score is because I'm looking through the score, um, and I'm looking like I, I I faithfully translated every word in both like literal translation and like you know poetic um, poetic translation, and I and I translated every stage. Um, Did you have a direction. goat? I did not have a goat. Oh, I had an imaginary sh- goat. Oh, but like, I noticed this one stage. This one stage direction is believes she sees the goat and gestures towards the goat in the audience. Oh, so, so it's like, an invisible goat. It is an in invisible that goat. At least in our production, it was okay. only an invisible okay. goat. Okay. And so maybe okay. it's always an invisible goat. But I don't. Who I, knows? She's crazy enough. She's wandering the hillside. She's gone crazy. So she's, she's like, oh hey, where's my goat? She basically spends the entire opera wandering the hillside with her goat. It's kind of what I'm trying to put across here. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. So Denora was left at the altar by her fiance. Hoel. Why? Hoel. 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 What a silent date. This opera already sounds so great. And this right. is in the Breton village of Plurmel. All right, so right, um, all right. So, so she's been abandoned by her fiance. Correct. Why? Because, so there was a storm during their wedding. Okay. And <laughs> so he showed up for their wedding, or no? No, no, no. During no. All right, so she up. was there. They're prepping for the wedding storm. That's not part of the opera, though. Like this is before. This is <laughs> pre-opera. Oh, I hate right, it the when the, you have to know everything. Oh. Before the they're supposed to get married. There's this There's huge a storm. storm. Okay. Well, doesn't show up. She Why? She's crazy. Why doesn't he show up? Because um, the weather's so bad? He, that is not clear. I don't believe. Okay. All right. So, I was trying to get clarification. I don't know the answer to that question. Okay, fine. But I do know. So that he didn't show up. Day, He's like, weather's bad. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Peace out, obviously. <laughs> Peace out, obviously. You can't get married. It's bad luck. Love you forever. So. Here's your goat. <laughs> <laughs> so long. That's not going to be for your endeavor. We haven't even opened on Act 1 scene like, one. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a goat. Here's your goat. <laughs> Best of luck in all your traditions. <laughs> the traditional jilting gift. Yeah, was that was that going to be uh, was that going to be the dowry? Does the goat have a name? You should. Did you no, name the goat? The goat does not have a name. Did I, you I name like the goat? I did not name the goat. Because... I like Kyle's theory that it's a dowry gift. <laughs> <laughs> let's call the goat. For, a clar- just... for clarification, let's call the goat Carl with a K. So Carl the goat. <laughs> it's the traditional Breton jilting gift. <laughs> <laughs> so Carl the goat. Dinara is on the altar. She's Carl, and she's like, oh shit. So she's hanging out with Carl. She goes crazy. She Carl stays with her because he's like, I feel really bad um, because this dude didn't show up. I'm going to stay with Dinara. She's going to be my girl now. I'm going to take care of her. I'm Carl. Okay, so the opera opens. It's a year later. With she's Carl, been crazy and Carl. wandering the hills with Carl, with Carl. For, for a year. And all of a sudden, O.L. returns. And he... Why? Wait, why? Why Just did wait he for back? it. Wait no, for it. Because he's heard that there's a treasure... Oh, that money, this money, dude's money, a money, dick. Money, 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 this dude's a dick. Money. Oh, and Carl is like, what the so fuck are you he doing here, dude? his best bud, Quarantine, um, um, to help him recover this treasure. So is Dinara just wandering around? She's like, oh, shit, what are you doing here? He's so, like, yeah. I so, want well, the riches. The so the, 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 the legend says that the first person who touches the treasure 
will perish. Will die. <laughs> he's he's left Inora. She's been wandering the hills because when for no reason in, other than there was like it was raining. He, he ran. He did not marry me, so I'm crazy. Yeah, basically, it was yeah. raining. Okay. Um, All and right. so um, so he comes back. He enlists quarantine because he he knows that the legend is that whoever touches the treasure first is gonna die. So he, oh, what a dickhead! I know. So he's like, I need a guy who can help me get this treasure. I'm and, just gonna use my best friend. Yes, exactly. Oh so, my god, what an asshole! Yeah, yeah, it's like straight up of an 80s movie. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, Especially so. with the innuendo of not being able to touch the treasure. Uh, <laughs> I think you're right there, friend. Anyways. So um, act two, like they're, so they're, the, basically the act one ends with them singing about the treasure. Right. right. They're back blah, and they're like, what, treasure? One lady crazy, two men singing. Right. right. As you do. As per usual. Yeah. So, um, they, they, the act two is they, they enter and, 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 um, actually at the beginning of act two, if I, if I recall correctly, there's, there's one, there's a random aria by one of the non three main characters, <gasps> uh, people. Is it uh, Carl? <laughs> it's not Carl. I'm pretty sure Carl is a silent role. Is it <laughs> like Carl isn't singing it? Carl the about Carl. Sing. I will like never. I, I think it's a never forgets Carl. I think it's it's so, actually a goat herd that that sings a little aria. Uh, but anyway, cute. about Carl. About Carl, okay. obviously. Right. right. Um, so, I am a goat, oh, so my name is Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is where that comes. This, comes from. this is the origin story of that. Of Carl the goat herd. Um, <laughs> All right. So, um, so Should they... we listen to that? Should we pause for a musical interlude? Please, for High on the Hill was a lonely goat herd? High on the Hill was a lonely goat herd. Listen to the aria that the goat herd sings at the beginning of okay. Act 2. What is it called? Uh, <laughs> aria <laughs> of the Goat Herd. Well, actually, here's, here's Carl's song. Here's one thing. So, as I mentioned, this this small, um, I will just use the word disreputable company uh, that I did this with. Carl! Like, the guy who runs this company that I did this with, he only sings in Italian, period. So this is a French opera. Right. I sang it in Italian. Oh. So I only have, like, I literally took this score and I blacked or whited <laughs> out all of the French text and wrote in Italian text. Because this man only sings in Italian. It's like his thing. He's like, I don't sing in any other language. I only sing in Italian. So we sing it in Italian. And here's the, the best part is that, so this, this shadow aria, which we're about to come upon in Act 2, is that's well, the famous thing? I that's the, right. the only famous thing. Is that the only? <laughs> it's just we Carl. <laughs> it's just we Carl. <laughs> it's just we Gosh. Carl. Enough about Carl. It's now I hate Carl. Carl. It's you, Carl. She's not gonna let this it's go. It's you, Carl. How dare you speak ill of Carl? He's a nothing. <laughs> but protect the main character. Here, have some more water, honey. Oh, <laughs> Carl. Uh, but no, but so, so like Act Two, the Shadow Arya. When I, in my ill, you know, ill-spent youth, when right. I did a lot of opera and I did a lot of competitions, um, the shadow aria was like one of my competition, like, calling cards, and I sang it mm. all over the place in French. Well, it is super famous. Because it's a French aria. Right. So, right. So this guy was like, we're doing the opera in Italian, and I was like, 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 like you know, spit take, record, mm. scratch, like, what? <laughs> and I was like, look, I've been singing this aria in French Four years, and I have to continue singing this aria in French. Four years, I absolutely refuse to sing this aria in Italian because it'll confuse me forever. Mm -hmm. Like as a singer, you just know, like when someone does that to you, it, it completely throws you off kilter. 
Did he let you sing in Italian? So I sang the entire opera in Italian, except for the main aria. Nice. Which I sang in French. What? <laughs> I love that. That is I mean, such a diva move. It oh is, my god! It is absolutely Can a diva we? Move. I want to listen to. Um, I want to listen to Je Suis Carl first, <laughs> and then and then I want to listen to the Shadow Aria in En Français. En Français. And actually, I recommend listening to the Shadow Aria because it, it, it's the acceptable Beautiful. aria. Beautiful. Yeah. Reason. I think yeah. we should listen to. Nally to say sing that, but first I'm listening to Just Be Carl. <laughs> just Be Carl. A two Carl. A <laughs> two Carl. Let's listen to that. Let's listen to that right now. Far more vibrato if it's a goat. Ah, you're right. Oh, you're absolutely correct. It's like the Don Quixote oh. like one. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Well, I just did. Because Carl's a dude. Do it again. And here. Je suis Carl. That's awesome. Thank you. Round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies. Carl is a very talented tenor. So he like, so oh, this geez, aria, you don't even like, know that. Okay, so, so we just listened to Je suis Carl. Je suis Carl. And we also listened to Ambrosia. Let's listen to, what is the um, famous soprano aria called in Dinora by Meyerbeard? Ario. Ario. Okay, so. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the, the main thing that anybody remembers of this ar- opera is the aria Ambrosia. What does that mean? It means um, uh, light shadow. Okay. So it's basically, hey, I'm crazy, and I see my shadow, and we play together, and you know I've been cool. wandering these hills so, for a year. My shadow is my, my only my friend. Companion. And Carl. And Carl. My but, shadow and Carl. But also the shadow <laughs> and Carl. And so it's basically like, 
it's the quintessential. You know how like, you have all of these arias in the opera repertoire. Oh, where Carl! It's like, look how crazy this bitch is. Right. This is her crazy. Her aria. moment. Okay. And okay. so, and it's really long, and it's really virtuosic. How long hot. is it? It's long. I don't remember how many minutes, but it's long. Like nine. <laughs> Probably like eight. Eight. Yeah. That's, That's long for that an opera. Yeah. It's a of the wazoo, and um, and yeah.
she does, you know, this aria. And um, because the, re- the reason this aria comes into existence is, is she's wandering the hills being crazy. But With Carl. O.L. and, <laughs> yes, O.L. and Quarantine mm-hmm. come to those hills to look for the treasure. And they happen upon her. Oh, shit. Yes. Being crazy. Oh, shit. The crazy thing and well, it's like, do. oh, shit. Yes. Your ex, shit. of course, sees you at your craziest moment. Exactly. Absolutely. It's like narrow escape. Bitch be crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, opera bitches be crazy. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and and I think that O.L., or a car quarantine at some point has figured out the legend of like if whoever touches the treasure first is going to be oh the so one he's like oh dies. So no he's like, you touch the treasure and oh is like no you touch the treasure you you touch the treasure and um These at that moment while they're arguing over it oh, Denora, no, can we happen to carl wait for it denora like gets hit by lightning what, what? Like, she's like <laughs> yeah she's trying she's like pursuing carl <laughs> oh carl and she like She's on the tree trunk. It gets hit by lightning, and she falls in water. What? And she's swept away, and then yeah. Owell saves her. Why? So like his love. He, does he love her? Well, does he? I mean, it's <laughs> like he, he I'm asking. I'm asking. He opera loves her. I think that should actually become an official term. He the opera, opera loves, loves her. her. You know, yeah. like so he really. likes her because she's convenient and she's right there. And she's crazy. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Opera dudes love opera bitches to be crazy. Ten and then he, like, they he always like jumps know. into the water to try, or he goes after her to try and save her. I think it's because he's like, I can be a hero. So the lightning bolt was there in impetus because she wakes up. Right. And she's not crazy and anymore. And She recognizes oh well. And uh-huh. like, and, and, and she's actually, like, what the fuck are you doing here? Oh, and I have like one more final note because that's, right. the, the end of act two is when she gets hit by lightning and everything goes crazy. Mm. In the performance that I did, Again, disreputable performance. Um, no, no. <laughs> uh, th- it fell apart. It's just me and two guys. It fell apart ensemble-wise. And there's like this high D at some point, like maybe like four or five, if I'm recalling it, like four or five pages from the end. And I, like, and we got completely apart. We just were, no one knew where anyone else was in this big trio. And finally, I just got so sick of, like, fighting them musically mm-hmm. that I just, like, held the high D until they shut up. Nice. <laughs> and then I, like, and then they shut up and they looked at me like, what are you doing? Like, did you go crazy? Which actually worked with the character. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, and mentally, like, moved forward a couple pages into a point where, like, I knew they would know where I was, and then they would be able to come in with their parts, and we'd be able to end the act. Right. So it's, like, this crazy, like, I can't believe that happened moment, but it actually worked with the character, so I just did it, because I was like, if someone doesn't pull this car to a stop, it's never going to end. We're never going to get together. The act will not end, and this opera will never end. I will never get to not be singing for these four people ever again. <laughs> so someone has to stop this. So what so, you're saying but, is that to get them to shut up, you shoved a massive D right in their faces. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What was what? Wait, I have, I have a question. 100%. You got I have it, a question. I have a question. <laughs> what was Carl doing at this moment? Oh, God, Elspeth. He was watching. Kyle, <laughs> shh. He was watching in goatly benevolence. Um, Kyle's into Kyle's into it and Carl is. Yeah, I was gonna say now you're confusing Kyle with Carl. (laughs) 
So, so, Should okay. We have so, the, goat? the big, like, big, like, and you can, and this wait, is, is there more? Well, so the, the act two ends with this big, like, three. Right, she's like, oh, hey, I, I remember what's happening. Carl's like, you get she it, doesn't girl. Yet. At the end of three, she's okay. still crazy. She she's just rescued. She gets saved. Right. But then, like, act's closed. But you can imagine, it's French Grand Opera, so you can imagine, like, how big that would have been on stage. And right. as, as so, was talking and, and, about, like. Yeah, the, where would that ballet fit I'm not sure. I mean, there's right. several choral parts that were we didn't do in this production because there was no chorus. So right. I'm imagining there, um, probably where the, the the shepherd and the and the goat herder. And I'm sure right. that the like whole rescuing her from the water scene was a really elaborate like all kinds of machinations with stage scenery, mm-hmm. you know, with like illusions of rolling water and that kind of thing, which would have made the audience go bananas. Like and did bananas. not in our low budget. <laughs> Yes, yes, but I, um, I, you know, so then, you know, scene close, or act close, act open, and Dinora's, like, laying in a heap on the stage, and she, you know, has been saved, and Mm -hmm. she wakes up, and she realizes, you know, she recognizes OL, she realizes she's not crazy anymore, she regains her sanity, um, the, um, the villagers arrive, and they sing a song, like a, a kind of like a you know the end of every Mozart opera there's well all the some of the Mozart operas there's like a and this is the theme of the opera and here's mm. the moral yeah so yeah. you kind of do one of those and like a, a hymn of of here's everything's well again and she's not crazy and and then they get married and like oh. it's never resolved Wait, what yeah and that's the end of the opera like they never resolve what happened to the treasure they never uh, it resolved like so did quarantine touch it like. What happened with? So was there a treasure? There was a treasure. But they did find it. They found it, and they bo- neither of them would touch it. So maybe they just never touched it because they, neither of them wanted to die. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. And then the tenor was like, "Oh well, I'm here. I might as well marry and maybe her." Maybe you're just wrong. And my translation that I did is like, again, there's no, there's no Nico Castell for this opera. So like, right. this is me, like this is me, young singer me, like sitting there with this score that's in Italian that's supposed to be French. Like, you know, writing in my word-by-word translation going, like, I don't understand. What? Right. I don't get it. What's happening? So, you know, that's kind of my, like, broad strokes translation. So, but you'll be very happy to know, I'm just, like, glancing at the Wikipedia article, Elspeth, that yeah. it was performed in New York when? in 1862. Okay. And apparently the biggest draw of this production was that Carl? they had a live Carl but then apparently Bellini's Norma also made its New York City premiere that oh. around the same time and it like totally outshadowed Carl and Dinora. No, that's that, that's fair. That one did yeah. you know endure, so that's, right. that's fair. Yeah. People were probably just hungry. They saw that goat walking around. <laughs> How apparently Adelina Patti like loved singing that role. Really, Dinora. So well, you know, a lot of uh, that's the thing. Like a lot of really famous sopranos did. That's the thing. It's like Tetrazzini sang it, right? And um, Gallicucci sang it, and um, Lily Pons, right? Sent, uh, yeah, yeah, Lily Pons sang it, I think. And the and the aria is really fun to sing. There's a reason that it has re- it, that it has survived the, in the repertoire. Like it mm. is an ar- it is a performed aria, even if the opera is not performed. 
it's really interesting to walk on stage. It's, it's kind of that Peter Pan thing. I see my shadow, you get to play around a little bit. There's not that many arias in the soprano literature that give you that opportunity to really act mm. um, to, with yourself. Right. I mean, there's so many things that you, you're kind of pretending there's another character on stage. But in this case, you really are. You can do the full realization of that scene because that is what is intended. The only thing I can think of that comes close to that is Strauss. Is it Strauss's um, The Woman in the Mirror? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the German name. It's, a, it's not. It's not. Die Frau ohne Schatten. Yeah. Die Frau ohne Schatten. Yes. And so that's the only thing where it's like there, that I can Shut think up, of Kyle. where there's a. Like you could actually do kind of like the true realization of mm-hmm. what's supposed to happen on stage in your audition or in your mm-hmm. you know, right. audition or whatever because that's what it is it's is it is it gonna be like a compelling story no but is it a does it have a place in opera history and should it be revived just because it's nice to see things that haven't been done yeah i think it should and i think it would be really interesting and i'd, I'd go see it well is there anything else in um Didora that we should play for our audience um i think the hymn at the end would be nice it's a it's actually quite beautiful all right well why don't we play out to that why don't we end with the hymn, and um, I'm Elspeth. I'm Naomi. I'm Kyle. And I'm Laura Strickling. And thank you so much for listening to another episode of Opera After Dark. Goodbye. Bye. sounds okay. like to me Actually, this sounds like one giant innuendo <laughs> I, really hope, I really hope this is going to be edited out all of this like yes. insane laughing. oh jeez okay so help us all right yeah okay there's nothing okay. i can do i know no, but you're not here you're okay. okay.